Welcome to this series of Dundeal podcasts. In this collection of five episodes, um, I talk about my career in sport and offer some guidance, some tips, some networking possibilities, and some general ideas about how to build a career in sport. That starts with building relationships, visualizing your network and developing relationships, supercharging a knowledge base, getting into the process and protecting the process that you start, and then trying to see potential opportunities after doing all of those things, day after day, week after week, year after year. I hope you enjoy this series of five talks. Let me know any feedback, enjoy them. There's a question and answer session as well for you to listen to from when I did this as an original YouTube series. And uh, let me know your thoughts. Okay. Hello, everybody. Um, my name is Daniel G, and uh, I'm uh, yeah, a sports lawyer here in London. So, um, yeah, in all of this uh, lockdown, COVID um, pandemic time, um, I started a, a YouTube course probably um, a few weeks ago now when I um, tried to give everyone a little bit of detail about um, the area of um, sport that I work in, which is generally um, football. So uh, there is a course uh, on my YouTube site dedicated to football. And what, reali what I realized and what started happening was actually a lot of people um, started asking questions about my career in sport and football. How did we get there? How did I get there generally? And um, how I went about doing it. And so what I, what I thought might just be useful for hopefully quite a few people um, is to do a similar session, but just talk about some of the practical techniques um, that I have used and I see used throughout the industry. And I think the important thing just to, to note here is, is that this isn't just for anyone wanting to be a lawyer. This is more or less anyone that wants to get into any facet of sport or more or less a career generally, but it's just because I work in um, sport quite a lot. Um, might be want to get into sports media, marketing, law, um, accounting, broadcasting, comms, PR, whatever else it might be. And the aim of the week uh, is to set out, as again, as, again, as I mentioned, um, some practical tips and examples that have been pretty handy for me. The aim is to speak for about between 10 and 15 minutes and then um, answer some of your questions on some of the um, areas that um, I'm going to discuss. So just to very briefly tell you about um, what I'm going to be talking about for the week, um, hopefully you'll be able to see it from um, my social media posting, if it's been on Twitter or LinkedIn or uh, Instagram or um, other social channels. Um, the, the idea for today is um, talking about building relationships and just two or three practical examples that I have tried to do um, over the years, um, starting from scratch, basically, because I think it's very daunting when you think about networking, building relationships, however else it might be, um, how you actually go about um, doing it. So I'm just going to try and give you a few um, easier, easy, practical examples that might actually work. And tomorrow, what we're going to hopefully, uh, what I am going to try and do is then um, do a slightly different thing, which is talk about visualizing your network and developing relationships. So if today is building relationships, starting relationships, how do you go about visualizing those relationships and developing those networks? And then on Wednesday, what we're going to touch on is then talking about supercharging your knowledge base. So 
in my mind always on some of the articles I've written about career development. On one side, it's building and developing relationships. But on the other side, it's actually supercharging your knowledge. It's, under, it's investing in yourself so that you know more about the topic, the area, the skill set that you actually want to be able to um, uh, move a career into. And Thursday, I think, is one of the most important topics um, that I think is underplayed generally um, in the in any career, in any industry, in any networking idea generally, which is you've got to develop a process. And that's one of the things that I actually talk about tonight as well. So process, process, process. It's all about um, grinding out day after day, consistently doing the same good, productive things, which in the end, actually, in my mind and in my experience, has helped massively. And on Friday, we're going to try and bring it all together um, and talk about some of those relationship building points, some of the visualizing um, relationships and networks um, to finding ways to increase your knowledge um, of particular areas that you might be interested in, how you then incorporate your knowledge base with that relationship building exercise and then develop really strong, robust processes to keep going day after day, month after month, year after year. And that will hopefully take us to um, the conclusion of the week. So, um, yeah, my idea is to um, spend the next 10 minutes or so just talking about some of those practical techniques that I've um, tried to do to more or less develop building relationships um, in the first place. So very briefly, I'm a yeah, sports and football lawyer. Um, but again, I started off back in, you know, when I started my law degree, it was a while back now in 1999. Um, and after that, with no links, no connections, no networks, no, no one that I knew in sport generally. And so what I wanted to try and do is show that it is possible to be able to start from scratch, to be able to build up relationships with people, um, ultimately to be able to try and then develop your skills to develop your knowledge and then ultimately if sport and sports industry is the right and interesting market to be able to work in then to hopefully achieve some of those aims um, and achieve some of those goals and what i just wanted to um what i wanted to actually touch on which i'm going to mention i think in every single talk i give this week which is if, it, if there's probably one thing um i um, give advice on or lots of stuff I give advice on but one particular thing that I say to people that want to work in the in the sports industry generally regardless of the particular area of sports as it goes um, and it's the biggest counterintuitive takeaway that I'm going to try and provide to you is if you want to get into sport in the long term into the sports industry into the sports sector and work in the sports industry and sports sector don't worry about getting a job in the short term and the reason why i say that is that because if for example you're doing an undergraduate degree in sports management or an mba in sports whatever else it might be marketing or comms or again for example in my uh, journey in, in in law i wasn't always a sports lawyer i always wasn't a football lawyer and the thing that i think gets a lot of people is they all want to work in sport but actually there's no problem about not working in sport for a while because ultimately what you want to try and do in the long term is build your knowledge base build your skill set in a variety of particular jobs it may be that you are want to be um, in comms in sport maybe you want to be in marketing and sports maybe you want to be in social media and sports 
there's no problem about working at a particular company that doesn't do sports work but does comms or it does commute or it does pr or it does marketing or it does law or it does accounting what i mean is is that what the most important thing hopefully you'll try and get out of the week that i'm going to try and explain to you is the most important element is to build your skill set inside of your chosen discipline and once you build your skill set inside your chosen discipline and your skills are increasing your experience is growing your knowledge of the particular area and discipline is increasing exponentially what happens then is you become more valuable to the sports industry more generally because you've got greater industry experience and i think it's vital that you can try and do those two things at the same time build those skills inside or outside of sport whilst also building your knowledge and network inside and outside of sport and usually again is the counterintuitive takeaway is don't worry about getting into sport in the short term worry about investing in yourself to get into sport in the long term you usually will help doing two particular things and this is what we'll come up to now hopefully for the next 5 or 6 minutes which is you do it by building relationships and we'll talk about that today a bit and you do it through supercharging your knowledge and that's the two main key takeaways hopefully from this week which is build relationships how do you go about doing that supercharging your knowledge and we'll go about doing that again so again that key takeaway because if you can do that consistently over a long period of time and i'm not concerned about long period of time being a week or a month i'm saying to dedicate a significant period of time over a long time generally that is when that investment will pay off you have to be able to do consistently build relationships in sport and to increase your knowledge base and if you can do both over the long haul that's how you can start developing um that opportunity inside of sport so um what i wanted to do was more or less give you at least two practical techniques that um um i think have been pretty um useful for me and the idea is actually for at least one of the two um to try and start doing those straight away so um practical tip number 1 um which hopefully will come in quite useful pretty quickly especially we're not in the offices um we're not meeting a lot of people unfortunately physically but what we are doing is consuming a huge amount i think i am at least of digital content now that might be video it might be audio it might be um uh, print um print or it might be digital and it might be a blog or it might be a podcast or it might be a youtube clip the reason why i say it is the first thing that i tried to do even when i was very very junior even before i started working as a lawyer and was still a student is that um i tried to read an awful lot and consume a lot of content in the area in the areas that i enjoyed reading about and consuming content in so that might be for example in football for me it might also be in cricket or tennis or rugby or athletics or olympics whatever it is in particular sports or across different types of sports so it might be law and sport it might be marketing and sport it might be comms and sport because what effectively happens and we're in this world now where we have our phones um everything is easily accessible a lot of it is freely accessible and there's this infinite content if you want to be able to find particular topics and areas to be able to understand and read more of it's relatively straightforward to do it 
So the reason I say this is this is fir the first process point, and that's something that I do pretty consistently, which is um, find the particular areas of sport that you enjoy consuming content. And I don't mean reading the scores and the latest gossip. I mean the substantive issues. Because what happens a lot of the time in my experience is people will come to me and say, I really want to get into the sports industry. And what they will also say is I've got a real passion for sport, whatever sport it might be. And then I say, well, tell me what's the interesting topics that are impacting on the football industry right now. Um, and sometimes maybe one in five, the person involved might actually have some decent understanding of the particular interesting aspects of that sport. But a lot of the time it's, well, I just enjoy playing it and, you know, I've got a passion for knowing more about it. So the first key takeaway, hopefully, um, to try and explain is what you need to do is start consuming content in the particular area that interests you. And it might seem a very straightforward point. That is the straightforward issue, which is consuming the content. The next thing, um, which is actually a lot harder, is what to do about that consuming content. And if I just take two things to do from it. The first is, um, there's lots of people that are writing and, and putting great content out there. Try and respond to them to build your network, to start relationships. Tell people how much you enjoy their content. Tell people about an article that they, they wrote that you really enjoyed and why you enjoyed it. Start interacting with people across the digital landscape and measure and record all of the different interactions you start having. Now, I know this is a very process-driven idea, but it's a very, very, very important one. You've got to put yourself out there in order to start having conversations off the back of building your knowledge in that particular area. And what I would say on types of things that you want to communicate, I would be specific in your communication. Obviously, it depends which medium you're doing. If it's Insta, it's one thing. If it's YouTube like this, it's another. If it's email, it's another. If it's LinkedIn, it's another as well. But ultimately, try and be specific. Try and be complimentary about something that you've read about the person that's written and show that you've thought about the piece and offer something back and then start thinking about how to multiply that effect. And the reason why I say that is as follows. So I, I was just trying to give some thought to this, obviously, beforehand to prepare. I probably read about and consume or have about 10 to 15 pieces of sports content a day. Short articles, long articles, videos, clips, whatever else it might be. So that's around 70 a week. And for my calculations, my poor maths, that's about almost 300 a month. And over 12 months, that's over 3,000 pieces of content per year. So as you can see, hopefully there, one of the first key takeaways is building your knowledge through content um, um, management. It's re reading, reviewing, understanding, following up over a year. So you do one of two things there. Hopefully the first thing is you then start building a great knowledge bank of interesting articles that you've read that can digest and then can be used in conversation. And the second thing then is that you start interacting with the authors of those pieces. Show you know what you're talking about, show that you can offer something interesting and build relationships. It doesn't need to be face-to-face. -face. Some of the best relationships I've developed for a long time were all digital related, were conversations I was having on the phone of initial conversations that then developed into really good, positive face-to-face -face relationships. And then what you've got to do 
is then planned to decide what you want to do with it. How are people then going to respond if they're going to respond at all? Don't be too down on yourself when people don't respond. In my experience early on, especially even now to an extent, expect 5% hit rate at best. So that's the first point there. And if I can give you what guys, one takeaway now, which is quite important to do, is I had a great quote, which is how soon is now? And how soon is now is now basically means start it tomorrow and track your progress. And that means tell me how you've done tomorrow is the answer. So from tomorrow, start on the process of reading five articles in your chosen field, in your specific sector, in your specific area of interest. Note down who wrote the piece, find them online and say something nice to them about why you like the piece. So that's my first takeaway for something to be done. How soon is now? There's no time like the present just to start that first process, which hopefully will be a value. The second thing I want to just touch on very briefly, because we're almost a quarter past, um, is also, I know it's not really relevant now, <laughs> because we can't go to conferences um, and events, unfortunately, apart from maybe virtual conferences and events right now, is when you're going to these events in the future, and hopefully be a value when we come out the, the other end of what's happening right now in the world, um, is when you're going to conferences and events, the one thing that is so underrated but so easy to do is to prepare in advance. And that's the one thing I try and do quite a lot is that preparation in advance to build relationships with people maybe sometimes that you know or people that you want to meet at these particular conferences as well. It's simple things like, for example, reviewing an attendee list and seeing who you want to meet and why. Actually thinking about why you want to meet that person and then what would you say? So, for example, there are loads of ways of doing it. It might be that you can email people beforehand, um, knowing who's on the attendee list. It might actually be also that um, what you can uh, actually find, you might have an app that allows you to communicate with people. Um, maybe lots of different things. One thing that I quite like doing was actually just looking at maybe the top 5, 10, 15 people that I wanted to actually meet during a couple of days conference. And if I didn't know what they looked like, to literally go onto LinkedIn, print off a picture of them so I could recognize them if I saw them in and around the conference to be able to have um, a small conversation with. So, you know, and then also just preparing a very quick pitch, not even necessarily a pitch for a job, a pitch just to start introducing yourself and then building a bit of a relationship. Um, and that's on the conference and event side. And Ultimately, then what you can also consider, I know it's the easiest possible thing, especially, again, the flip side of having one of these to a degree is, um, you know, it's really important to fight your insecurity when you're at networking types of events, just to sit in a corner and ultimately just look on your phone and pretend you're busy. When actually the reason why you're in a conference and networking facility generally is to meet, meet people and make conversation and build business and add value and all of the those type of things. So, you know, one of the things that I still do now, which is I just try and keep congregating in the place where most people congregate, if it's for tea or coffees or pastries or whatever else it might be, and then just strike up very, very simple, straightforward conversations. And that might just sim literally simply be, how's the conference going? What are you up to? And then start listening. Ideally, you want to listen to what the other person's saying rather than asking, rather than speaking too much yourself. And if you can do that and start listening and just have a quick five, 10 minute conversation, swap cards, and then follow up, 
you multiply that by a few times and then you start being able to do what we're actually going to talk about tomorrow which is building relationships maintaining those relationships and then mapping out those relationships so at some point i did a few years ago i literally had a very big a3 sheet which wasn't very digital um, and started mapping out all of my connections um, inside and outside of sport and that's what we're going to do um, and have a talk about uh, tomorrow so um, that is more or less me at just over 15 minutes of conversations um, or rather of me talking um, what I'm going to do is um, have a look at some of the questions that people have asked and um, thanks for all the questions so far feel free just to keep the questions coming and we've got um, a little bit of time just to um, go through so uh, Jack Thanks for your question. Is there anything uh, you would suggest doing as a uh, doing a training contract as a trainee solicitor in order to maximise chances of qualifying into the sports sector, either at a firm or in house? So, yeah, I mean, this this feeds into a general point, Jack, which hopefully I'm trying to stress, which is in the short term, don't worry um, about qualifying into a team that um, does only sports work. Because ultimately, and I'll say this across different sectors as well, what you want to try and do is develop your, in law, it would be your legal skill set, your drafting, your communication, your knowledge base, et cetera, in particular areas. And then don't necessarily worry about when qualifying, you have to deliberately and straight away qualify into a sports area. It might be that actually what you need to do, as I, as I did, I spent the best part of five or six years in uh, an antitrust regulatory team, which I loved and enjoyed so much um, in aviation law, um, in um, media, in telco, in car automotive parts, in financial services. I was doing tons of different sector work as well as starting to build up my sports um, practice as well. So what are the types of areas? I think it's generally commercial contracts, intellectual property, disputes, corporate, um, regulatory, um, you know, ultimately, there's potentially lots of work for, on the property side of things um, in terms of anything that might happen from sports stadia, redevelopment. You know, ultimately, what I think you've probably got to consider is which area of law do you enjoy the most and which areas might be more akin to what might work for um, a lawyer wanting to work in sports and probably commercial contracts, disputes, intellectual property, corporate transactions. They are the general types of areas that at least I um, tried to focus on quite a lot um, in the beginning. So thanks for that, Jack. Um, Teniola, um, speaking of increasing knowledge, what are your thoughts on a sports concentrated MBA for a foreign trained lawyer looking to break into the sports business in England? Um, I, I, I can't really speak from too much experience only because I haven't done um, a sports concentrated MBA. Um, and so I can't, I can't really give you too much um, insight there. The other bit also is, you know, again, what I would say is it's it's very much more concentrate on um, where your skill set actually is. If you need to take particular courses in order to become an English qualified lawyer, that's the priority. Um, if you need to understand contract law in a particular country, then that's what you probably need to be doing. And then building up your network, your sports network in different ways. Ultimately, it's become the best lawyer, become the best marketeer, become the best communications expert you can be, become the best social media analyst, become the best, you know, um, particular subject area first, and then delve into those particular sectors, use those skill sets 
into those particular sectors, sport and, and obviously football being um, one of those that I've um, that I've worked with for quite some time now. Uh, Michael's next question. Um, so, uh, do you think that technology actually helps real networking, or do old school connections last longer? Um, I think I think technology is a massive help if you can do it in the right way. And I'll give you an example of what I think is the wrong way to network um, from a digital perspective. I see no value in anybody connecting on me on LinkedIn just for the sake of connecting with me. Um, I, I still say yes to quite a lot of people, but. I, I don't understand why people find connecting with anybody on LinkedIn useful if they don't use that connection and don't have a reason why they want to connect with me. So I think that's a reason why technology sometimes isn't particularly great because th there needs to be a, a realization of the connection. There needs to be a reason why you're going to connect with somebody more generally. But I think it's, it's unbelievably straightforward to be able to find and build and develop connections online. It's brilliant to be able to do. If it's across Twitter, I've met so many incredible people. If it's even on email, if it's the same on across social media channels, um, developing relationships, building connections, watching lots of fantastic content, liaising with people or speaking to people after saying that was great. It'd be great to have a chat or a coffee. So I, I, I more or less think the digital networking landscape is basically infinite. You, you got what you've got to actually develop are the, the the techniques in order to best exploit in a positive way all of the different possible digital connections that you can that you can make and on the old school connections look I think it's I, I, I my view on that is is that ultimately a lot of people will always look externally and go oh he's got so many great connections it must have been through his dad or his mum or family or whatever else it might be and sometimes that absolutely might be the case. But a lot of the time, a lot of people only see the iceberg effect. And Matthew Side writes about it in his brilliant books, where you only see the, the positive little parts of when things have gone well or people have got great networks or they're doing great work and great things are happening. But what they don't see, which I mentioned earlier, is the hundreds and hundreds and thousands of hours sometimes of work that's been taken um, in lots of different ways to invest in relationships, to build knowledge, to develop processes, all the things we'll talk about this week, hopefully, which enable you to get and progress and continue to develop your skills and your network more in the, in the long term. Um, question from Mark. Um, I'm looking to qualify as a solicitor, but my main problem is getting through the application process, especially interviews and applications. Any useful tips for either of those? Um, not a straightforward thing at all. Um, I remember those days as well. Um, well, um, all I would say, at least very simply on application process, is it is so competitive generally, and I'm sure a lot of people will know from doing um, loads of these processes, is that the application form needs to be perfect, absolutely perfect, not one spelling mistake, not one grammatical error, because that will separate you from the, the crowd immediately and that might be the reason why you don't even get an interview or um, a second stage um, application. I also think on the um, uh, on the interview process it's like anything it's very difficult to be excellent straight away you need a lot of practice um, and you need to be able to ask, be asked tough questions and receive tough feedback from people as well so on that respect I'd always say it's practice 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 um, it's not expecting you to be perfect straight away, um, but ultimately it's trying to demonstrate that you know what you're talking about, 
that you can answer difficult questions and that you've got the personality traits that people want when you're going through that application process. But everybody is different and it's very difficult to keep asking for feedback and maybe bland comments coming back on that feedback. But ultimately, it's, I think, applications, real attention to detail. And I think on the interviews, it is preparation is absolutely key and practice of preparation of your own interview voice. It's very difficult to get across your own personality without lots and lots of interview practice, in my experience. Um, Sinir, have you heard of corporate lawyers who have made a transition to sports law? Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of corporate lawyers that in, our, in Sheridan's, for example, that, um, that work in sports law and sports across. I mean, I almost see it the other way around, is that I don't think, for whatever it's worth, that there is a thing called sports, sports law. I think it is, um, you know, lawyers that um, work in commercial contracts or disputes or regulations that apply their skill set to sport and the sports industry. And in the same way as if there's a, a corporate deal, if it's a player making investment, if it's a club being bought or sold, it's all the core skills that you require as a corporate lawyer mixed with that um, particular um, sports, um, sports element too. Um, lots of questions here. So I'm going to try and get through as many as I can. Uh, yeah, Bart made a good point, which is bringing value to people you want to be like or work with is key. So very briefly, yeah, Bart um, is uh, my right-hand man uh, with everything, basically. So he's my uh, social media guru, and he helps me with all of my digital editing. And I'll maybe tell that story about how Bart and I met um, on another occasion. Um, we've got one from uh, NH. Um, in relation to consuming content, especially in relation to player representation and also up-to-date regulations what sites and books um, would you recommend yes i'd recommend three things uh, three sites i think the first is um there's a great website called lawinsport.com law in sport i'd really recommend that it's got brilliant sports and football um regulatory and law articles the second is from a good friend and colleague um who's written a brilliant book called um, how to become um, a football agent it's great stuff on player representation. And if I can just blow my trumpet a tiny bit, I'd also say that um, Dundeal um, is the book I wrote a while back um, talking about um, lots of different football um, and sports issues hopefully will be, um, will, be of, uh, will be of use to. Okay, let's keep going down. Um, uh, Praketh, um, oh, no, no question, just uh, lots of love, thank you. Um, Tijana, uh, since you are busy, what would be a perfect message after which you would respond? Well, the thing is, um, uh, the truth is I try and respond to quite a lot of messages if I can um, generally. But my, my view is, is that what, you, what everybody needs to do if they want to get into the industry and think about connecting with busy people generally in any industry, sport obviously being one, is to reverse the narrative. Don't think about what they the person you're emailing can do for you, think about what you can do for them. And that's a very, very difficult thing to think about, actually, because you've got to think very specifically about what they do, what they need, and how you can help them. And once you do that, you change the narrative. You're not asking for work experience. You're not asking for a job. You're not asking for a half an hour phone call. What you actually want to do is pique the other person's interest to say, oh, that's interesting. I haven't seen that before. Or, you know, I think it needs to be short, sharp, creative, 
um, something a little bit different um, is usually what sparks my interest. Um, Mazen, um, can you share some of the websites, books, social media accounts that publish the most sports communication and marketing content? Um, all I would say there, um, if it's of any use, um, I would uh, just look on my Twitter feed of the people that I follow um, and follow quite a lot of them because I use my Twitter feed a lot of the time actually to be able to look at interesting content that, um, that um, I like to read every day. One of the things, that, one of the guys that's amazing right now is a guy called Matthew Ball. So if you go to Matthew Ball, I'm going to just type it in now. Matthew Ball, I think it's Dr. VC. He's doing some brilliant stuff um, in the sports tech game um, VC field. Uh, he's did, wrote a brilliant article on esports recently. It's real in-depth, incredible coverage, and I'd really, really recommend that. Um, Gareth Thomas, um, how would you approach people you don't know on LinkedIn, especially when you've barely broken into the industry? Um, you've got to, again, I maybe I've just answered it before, you've got to think um, creatively. You've got to flip the narrative and think about what might be useful for them to hear from you. Or what can you offer them? Because you maybe are more time rich and they are more time poor. Um, so we can talk about that in terms of building relationships. But if I give one brief example, it might be that you can write them an article on something that might be of interest to you, that you've got time to be able to research into that might be of value to them. So find the value that you can bring to them rather than asking a favor of them. And that's usually some of my um, experience. Um, Let's see what else we have. Uh, please, how do you build your network in a place like England? Um, hopefully, well, there's some of the things we talked about. Um, I'm going to talk some more of that tomorrow. Uh, any publications? So I've talked about that as well. Um, Sine, how would you go about making the first connection? I feel like the football industry is pretty closed off where I'm from. Uh, in that agents of lawyers they work with, it's so hard to break through. Yeah, it, it absolutely, but that's the point. Really, you've got to you've got to think creatively, um, and there's lots of different ways to be able to approach things. It might be that you decide to put some content out yourself. It might be that you decide to start approaching people in particular ways. You've got to think creatively. You can't just keep asking favors. Can I have a call? Can I have some work experience? Can I have a job? You know, you've got to separate yourself from 99% of the crowd. And it's not an easy thing to do, but it is possible. Um, call, um, message from Scott. Do you have any advice on fighting insecurities when at these events, conferences? Yes, hopefully, as I, I mentioned, you've just got to put your phone down in a way and go to the communal area where there'll be loads of people in a similar boat to you and just say hello. I know it's very difficult and can sometimes be a little bit daunting, but that's how you've got to do it. Very straightforward, hopefully. Um, Adam. Uh, what if you want to build something of, of your own? Uh, would you still recommend this method of building relationships and why? Um, build, I'm not quite sure what you mean, building something of your own. I, I think the stuff I'm talking about applies to any business, anyone. Ultimately, you're wanting to build a network and relationships for whatever you want to do. If it's for me as a lawyer to make, build clients and build relationships, if it's to, you know, if you are a PR and comms agency, you want to find clients who work for particular brands or particular rights holders or otherwise. So in my mind, it is always trying to build relationships with people that you can develop long-term lasting relationships with. Um, 
Zander uh, training contracts. I'm not going to go specifically into particular uh, legal bits, but let's. I'm more than happy to follow up online on offline with you on um, on that. Loads of questions here. We're going. Um, um, as is, who's been the biggest influence on your sports, football, or career um, so far? Um, it's a really good question. There, I mean, the, the the answer is it's probably people that aren't necessarily in sports. And um, I've had loads of great mentors over the years. Um, at lots of my at two of my previous law firms um, who have given me fantastic advice that's equally applicable inside uh, and outside of sports. So let me give that some thought. This is a great question. I'll try and try and come back to you on that um try and get through a few more questions before um we're almost done um sab sabora hopefully i've pronounced that right what suggestion would you give for the guys who would like to transition from corporate business development strategy um team to pe ve ve uh, venture capital side of sports and entertainment <laughs> i'm so far out of my depth to that question you've got no idea um, but if you send me an email, I can try and connect you with the right guys um, a bit widely to be able to hopefully um, answer that question. Um, let's keep going. Okay, we're almost at the end. Uh, just a couple of questions. Um, uh, San Sapiros, the question is, um, it's rather difficult to get those two books you'd recommend in Nigeria. Okay, what I can do is if you email me afterwards, um, I can uh, get you the audible code because I've got a few left. And then you can listen to it on Audible if you can download it. Um, so get in touch with me afterwards on LinkedIn, however you want to do it, um, and I'll try and help you out. Um, Kim, uh, I'm about to complete my law degree and I'm trying to enter the sports law field. However, it's not really big in South Africa. How would you navigate this very small industry? So hopefully the first point is very relevant to you, um, which is don't worry about sports law for the short term. Worry about your skill set. Complete your law degree. Do whatever sector work you're doing in the particular um, law firm that you're working in and then build up your knowledge in sports law, network people that are in sport, the sports industry generally. Don't worry about getting into the sports industry in the short term. Build your skills, network, build your knowledge base and think about that in more of the long term. Um, I'm just going to go with one question, which is Miles, because we're almost almost over, quite a lot over. Um, is there a chance you can provide us a list of sports law related sources you regularly follow, particularly Twitter accounts? Yeah, Miles, I think just literally go to my go to my Twitter feed, um, go to the people that I follow, and hopefully you can um, you can find that. So hopefully that might be um, that might be of use. Um, and last one from Mark: um, What would you say is the best way of promoting your own content? I write a blog and also for other websites, and would like to grow that if possible. Um, the short one I'd say there is try and link into other people's networks. That's one of the best ways that I did that originally, which is write on other people's blogs, write on other people's um, sites, go on other people's podcasts, network in particular ways, and introduce yourself to a network wider um, than your own. Um, so uh, here, uh, we've got football CFB there. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, quick question there. In terms of networking, are there any events coming up? I think it's actually a really good point. And I really like that one. Maybe we can think about doing an actual virtual um, networking event and that everybody can join. And maybe we'll try and do that at some point soon. I think that's a great idea, Callum. So, um, let me think about that too. Well, we're way over. Um, and that's ultimately because you've had some great questions. Um, before I do, and if anyone is new to the 
the YouTube course I do, I tend to just give an extra um, uh, couple of minutes just talking about a book that I think is really valuable. And for those, a lot of you guys were already at my previous course and watching in, but this is without doubt, I think, uh, one of the most important books I've ever read in terms of networking and knowledge base and dealing with people. How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. I'd really, really, really recommend reading that, um, especially when you've got some more downtime. So um, that's my first recommendation for the week. I'll go through some other books as well in due course. Um, but hopefully you've enjoyed the first day. Tomorrow we're going to talk about actually mapping out your network, start visualizing the relationships you have, and then after that um, being able to um, develop and maintain those relationships by constantly um, renewing them. So hopefully um, that's been a good first day. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you for all the questions. It's been awesome. Thanks for listening. You can follow me on Twitter, TikTok and Instagram at Football Law. Read my blogs and listen to my previous podcasts via my website, danielg.com forward slash blogs. Please do subscribe to the Dundee Football Podcast. Like, share and tag me. If you like the content, if not my voice, You'll probably also like my book, Done Deal, an insider's guide to football contracts, multi-million pound transfers and Premier League big business. A bit of a mouthful. It's available to buy in hard copy, digitally and via Audible. All links are in the podcast show notes. Lastly, the podcast is powered by 13, which is a fashion brand I've started. All proceeds go towards cancer charity research and particularly the stellar work done by John Crell who has helped my mum through some difficult times over the last few years. You can take a look at the merch and hopefully buy a t-shirt, hoodie, cap, or all three. Please do spread the word and go to 13shop.co.uk. That's 13shop.co.uk. Thanks for listening.